Hello everyone. I'm Amrita and welcome to Women Who Speak Heritage podcast. In the summer of 2020 as the entire world was under lockdown, I brewed some tea, sat in front of my phone and met some incredible women every day at 4 p.m. through Instagram live sessions. We discussed heritage recipes, ancient monuments, the magical drinks the gods used to love. Yes, Peshwa era fabrics, art deco architecture and much much more. These chats range from some very personal stories to solid professional advice for a creative entrepreneur. In today's session I'm talking to Preeti Dev who is a culinary heritage researcher and has written a cookbook on the food culture of Marathwada, an often neglected region of Maharashtra's hinterlands. The initial few minutes of this conversation are missing due to some connectivity issues, but I can fill you in. Preeti who was born in Maharashtra is talking about her life in West Bengal and uh, how it shaped her food choices in the years to come. Here we go. I was talking about Kolkata. So every weekend we used to visit Maharashtra Nivas where uh mm. the evenings they served uh, Marathi food and that's where actually my first mm. introduction. So my mom cooked Maharashtrian food, uh, cooked food and uh, we visited our grandparents. we had this maharashtrian food to um give but uh, eating it every weekend at maharashtrian was was kind of a ritual and then that's where i got to know this is amti and this is what um, an ukri ukri samodak looks like and kheer of different kinds you know for a kid who is growing in bengal and uh, who's been eating um, uh, fish and um, chingada and rasagulla and other different kinds of bengali food maharashtrian food was a different thing that was quite evident but uh, i i did enjoy that uh, especially at maharashtrian was and then we came to kolhapur where i got to know about uh, pitla made in um, sugarcane juice and uh, also the different kinds oh. of rasa they had and that's where mm-hmm. actually um, i th- i started exploring more food rather than just my pori and uh, tuk sakar and whatever my mom cooked so that's uh, how i i started getting interested in different kinds of food um <clears throat> later when i moved to pune to do my studies um uh, our auntie maushi um, from mess she uh, <laughs> made typically she made beautiful food she sent us dabba and at times we used to go and visit her as well and uh, she she was a really good cook and she would actually make different types of karan ukri samosa definitely and all her bhajis were so tasteful but they were different from mm. what my grandparents were cooking and what mm. i ate here especially in pune and this is where i actually i got to know that yes uh, fresh coconut is also used here whereas in marathwada okay. that isn't used as much like yeah obviously if coconut is available they will use it but mostly it's the dry coconut wati that they grate and mm. use in their food so yeah. and uh, later on as uh, as the journey continued after my studies and all i went i got married and uh, we went to jalna quite often where our native houses jalna is in marathwada although i am born in bead i never got to stay in marathwada apart from visiting uh, uh, my grandparents and then to my in-laws place in uh, marathwada this is when actually uh, i got to know a bit more about marathwada food basically because uh, their family they come from nidhona which is again in the remote marat marathwada and uh, rajesh's uh, grandfather was the main priest in the ram mandir there in nidhona although my surname is dev now but our original surname is nidhonkar because we belong to that okay. uh, 
place. And I got to know uh, how this family, this family has traveled from Nidhona to Jalna and the kind of food they were eating. And this is when I explored with, especially I used to have a chat with my mother-in-law, her sisters, mm. um, Raju Kaku, all the elderly people in the house. And it was lovely listening to their uh, experiences throughout their married life and how they cooked in the family the uh, resources they used and the resources they sun-dried, preserved for the later use in the uh, year. It was really interesting to know because I wasn't uh, actually, I didn't have, I was completely uninitiated to this kind of a cuisine uh, to that extent, hmm. I'll say. So that's where actually uh, the journey began because I started exploring there. But then again, we moved to UK and it stopped. Like I just didn't have enough time to explore. And when I came to UK, that was uh, kind of a big shock because by that time, I realized I don't cook any good meal. To Well, let alone my husband, what about feeding myself? I don't cook in, enough good food to feed myself. And uh, plus the curry houses here in UK are not the actual Indian meals you actually get to eat. So it was really tricky, um, like satisfying my palate. And <laughs> I was really frustrated. That's when I uh, actually tried exploring getting a job as well. And I got a job as an SEN staff in a special educational needs school. And it was tough. Uh, It was tricky. Um, Every day was different. And um, we went through ups and downs with our emotions, just not the pupils, even the staff members working with them. And uh, every evening when I came home, it was really tricky for me to keep calm. Because the day's work had drained me completely. Um, Each day was a challenge. And... I needed something to distract myself. And uh, that's when mm. I remembered I had Ruchira cookbook by Kamla, Kamla Bayogle. This is like a Bible for women. Mm. And, you know, women who get married, her mother hands over this book to her. So this is my mother's book. Oh. And Preeti has actually cooked all the recipes from Ruchira. And when I read that, actually, I connected it with Julie and Julia. Because at that point, I was watching that movie. And it's one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And I was thinking every time I watch a movie, I ask my husband, like, you know, why can't we make something like this? You know, <laughs> there must be somebody who is cooking all the recipes from some cookbook. But then why are we not making, why Bollywood is not making something like that? And then I found you who has cooked all the recipes from Ruchira. That inspiration, where did, where did it come from? Why did you choose to do that? As I said, to continue from the talk there, um, I needed a constructive distraction and because uh, that work being challenging, if I carried on thinking about it at home as well, I was not enjoying myself. So uh, this Ruchira was given by, Ruchira cookbook was given by my friend just before I got married. So uh, I didn't open it as much. I didn't actually go through it uh, until I actually visited the UK. So it was there in my drawers along with the other books. I thought I might just give it a go and like go through it. And I said, Hmm. okay, let's just try cooking through it. But before that, I was also following Annalise. Annalise uh, is another food blogger here in UK. And she was cooking through Mary Berry's cookbook. So (laughs) that's how I said, okay, if Annalise is doing that, let me just try something to it. What will happen is at the most, I'll say, no, I can't cook through it. But at least I have given it Hmm. a go. So, well, not uh, not that I was a really good cook. I couldn't even uh, need a proper uh, atta dough or cook something, something adventurous was beyond my uh, reach. So I thought I might just begin with the basics. 
So I started at, and Ruchira, you will see it has been kind of uh, written in such a way that in under each category, you have the basics first, then the mother recipe for a certain um, side dish is given, and then the adaptations mentioned in the book. So that's how I thought, okay, if that, if that's the case, it is achievable. It's literally like our SEN kids where we uh, break down the task into smaller achievable uh, bits. That's what I started doing as well. So every morning I would uh, kind of decide, okay, I'm going to cook through this uh, particular category and I'm going to choose this particular dish. I've got these, these resources at home. Uh, it made me all excited throughout the day. I was feeling so much of energy within me and uh, I would come back home, uh, set on the task and that's how I started cooking through it slowly, steadily. At times there was a break as well because of certain things like I didn't have enough resources because uh, quite a few of the vegetables are not available in UK. So, mm. And if it was, it was available, I had to travel quite a distance. I had to pester my husband to drive me to that particular place so that we can get hold of that uh, resource and I could make. In fact, to give you an example, uh, I think it was Gurumakai. It was for a pickle, uh, Mainmura. So uh, Mainmura wasn't available in the local areas where I live. So one of my friends, uh, she messaged me, Priti, I've just seen Mainmura in this uh, exotic shop uh, do you want to come and it was snowing out there and uh, at this she said at 7 p.m okay not even in the morning or afternoon she said at 7 p.m and in winters it's pitch dark at 3 p.m and I was pestering my husband please let's go and get hold of my Mura before it actually is gone out of the, out of the shop <laughs> I was in my pajama we just put a long coat put the shoes on, went to this particular town, which is about uh, 20 minutes drive in snow, got hold of my Mora, and I made that lonza the next day. And the immense satisfaction of gathering these resources, making that lonza and tasting it was really nice. Yeah, I enjoyed it. So that's how it started motivating me as well. Would you have done this had you been in Pune? I asked myself <laughs> that the same question so many times. I even asked my husband... What would have I done had I stayed in Pune? <laughs> mm. Not sure. I'm not sure. I had um, so much of help at that time when I lived in Pune. I had a couple of um, domestic helps who would come and help me with the household stuff. One of my housemates daughter used to come and study with me and she would help me with uh, chopped vegetables and other things. Given the support I had from my mom living in the same city, my aunt living very close by, plus the domestic help I had, I don't think I would have ventured that deeply or delved deeply into uh, food. How many recipes you tried total? I just tried the Marathi version, okay? I didn't go into, because Ruchira, uh, towards the end, you will say uh, the book has got Gujarati, Bengali, recipes as well I didn't do those at somewhere around 288 I think yeah I've gotten the number now but yes and yeah. did you manage to meet anybody from the family who wrote you yes did? I had a very exciting time uh, in April this is the month of April that was on 13th of April uh, a few years ago I don't remember the date I think four years ago uh, and since I was actually collating all my work uh, on Facebook page Ruchira Videshini I received a message from Kamlabai Ogle's granddaughter. No, great, great granddaughter, Ruchira. She is also called Ruchira. She sent me a message on um, Ruchira Videshini and she said, uh, my grandmother 
Ushata in Nandoka would like to speak to you. And mm. I was completely, you know, it, it, has, it gave me such joy to get a message from that family that I said, mm. oh, yes, why not? And um, I gave my, we exchanged numbers and uh, spoke for some time. And then she said, but I want to speak to you for a length. I said, why not? I want to speak to you. Yes, of course, it's my honor. We connected on Skype then. That was just one session that I had with this particular experience. I mean, we just spoke once. And Ushata, I spoke at length about her mother, how she hmm. actually enjoyed cooking, even how much she had done when she when Kamala Yogle moved to Mumbai and she explored cooking. Whenever she visited Australia to visit her daughter, hmm. she would actually connect with the ladies in the community and teach them the basics and different types of, uh, what's that called, um, the confectionery, basically. Hmm. So like Sutarpeni and Mande. She made Mande on Chinese wok and showed oh. it to the ladies. This is how they would make it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the whole chat was amazing. It, it didn't feel like I, I, I was speaking for, with her for the first time. It seemed as if I had known her for ages and she was very happy to see that I was trying to learn from it and trying to cook through it. And um, she said, okay, let's catch up next time. And uh, mm-hmm. But I would like you to try uh, Gheva. Have you ever tried that, mm-hmm. make, uh, making through it? But I said, no, I was literally halfway through the book. So mm-hmm. I haven't tried it and I'll venture only when I feel confident. And it, mm-hmm. I took a while to actually try Gheva and that was... Uh, on a dasra that I said okay let's me, let me give it a go mm. so I cooked I managed to do it I didn't make huge gaver I just made smaller versions and topped it with shrikhand and uh, I took a picture and uh, sent it to Ruchira great granddaughter and uh, she said uh, thank you for sending this but unfortunately Ushata is no more and uh, she had passed oh. away in August yeah I was too late and I felt mm. really sad about that uh, but yes um, that's one of the memorable moments in my life that I'll treasure forever. But then, you know, you not just cooked all the recipes from Ruchira, you went on writing your own cookbook. And yeah. that is exploring Marathwada cuisine with memory of family and food. It's called Part Pan. Yeah. And why did you think of writing a cookbook yourself? While I was cooking through uh, Ruchira, I realized that the cuisines were slightly different from what my family in Marathwada ate. Okay, it may not be the same. The the use of spices may be similar to some extent, but the use of uh, dry coconut instead of the fresh ones and uh, certain side dishes which I had never heard my family cooking. That's when I started uh, asking my mother-in-law especially mom yes but my mother-in-law because the she lived there in Jalna so I started having a chat with her and then I moved on having a chat with the rest of the family members and uh, as I chatted I said okay this is my in-laws family what about my mother's family because even my father and my mom belong to Marathwara although they moved out of Marathwara long ago but uh, we still belong there we visited our grandparents so I started asking my Aji and also tried connecting uh, with the females who used to visit, uh, help out making Shevaya Papar during summers, especially uh, my Aktya and all. And I realized that each one actually had their own unique recipe. It may be because they got married into a certain family where 
they adapted a different kind of uh, cooking technique or different resources but at the same time like you will agree as well like um, your mum's food or your ajji's food you still remember the taste don't you yeah, there's a yeah. korean term for it like ma ke haath ka khana ya kisi ke haath ka khana which is called a sonmat in korea basically uh, the hand taste of a certain person basically so my mummy made the best bhakri she makes the best bhakri i must say radhika mummy if you're listening you make the best bhakri and i still remember radhika mummy's goda masala yes 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 and she makes the best masala as well so yeah. her uh, masala is now being used by rest of the females in the family uh, so every matrak will have her own way of cooking certain dish so i started connecting the whole thing like her mummy's uh, this masala so why do i remember mummy's masala there was a kind of a memory with a collective memory you all have basically which connects you to your food first of all and then it takes you on a journey to how you ended up eating that particular food or what kind of experience did you have around it while you were eating this food and that's when i started penning it down for an example uh, chaat sa chaha chaat sa chaha everybody uh, enjoys having their f- cup of tea at 4 o'clock that was a particular moment when one of my ajis um, who stayed in aurangabad used to uh, make uh, kalo lele pohe or hmm. uh, sushila that was a chaat sa chaha around that time sushila is basically surmure yeah 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 surmure so soaked in water and then you drain the water by just pressing it and then give it a fourth like pohe so mm-hmm. but eating this uh, particular snack i i recall sitting next to the garden where uh, ermarka ajji lived actually ermarka ajji's house next to the courtyard was this mat the clay pot with water and underneath mm-hmm. a small container with uh, with a gajra which mummy had actually uh, put together or some lemons mm-hmm. at times so i recall such things like okay sushila matyavechi atman ashi i pen mm. started penning it down even thais uh, my other ajji uh, sitting in ambezogai making the quilts with my atyas mm. and i they they used to have you know the ladies gossip in the house when they have the afternoon to themselves and with their mom and she would nod and say okay ho aga asas astas sasri aple asas asta kai harkat nahi chalun jata and all that and uh, after that she would just tell them come on it's time for our chaatsa chahan sandhya ka swaypak and she had a tool there recalling all these uh, beautiful memories which i thought okay if i don't pen it down my son hmm. wouldn't know what actually his grand great grandmother did so i started hmm. penning it down i'll say um i started writing the book to put the whole family in one piece so patpani is my family it's the whole yeah. Uh, yeah family put together in one place how did they react uh they were really happy yeah mm-hmm. well um they knew that uh, i like reading i um, worked hard towards something which i enjoy doing so they were quite confident that i was doing something nice uh which they will enjoy as well and having each one of them like my mousies my ajis my atyas and um, the different females in the family all the matriarchs i'll say put in one place meant that many other people will get to know about them so they were really proud hmm. of me that uh, through this book they are reaching out to the mass out there yes marathwada doesn't have very complicated uh, dishes i'll say because hmm. obviously there's a lack of resource out there so you have everything around you in your pantry or uh, which has been preserved to be used hmm. so 
you can just pick this and that and create your own recipe as well. But following the tradition was the main intention. So I started trying out like Ajis, certain lonsa if I had to make. I made it with a gurmakai when it was available. Then Atyas uh, Ladu, I tried making it as well. But the trickiest part was making uh, shevaya and mm. uh, kiri, all kinds of mm. kiri or varvat. Kiri is the mm. family term we use in the house, but uh, it's the varvat or gavale widely mm. used by the other people. So I connected with my other females in the family and Aji, she just scolded me. She was the sweetest and she scolded me. Why didn't you pay attention when I was making it? She, she, she told me off basically for not paying attention while she was doing it and asking her when she's actually old and she doesn't have the energy to sit down and do it. So I said, okay, now to prove that Ajay, I can do it, I'll have to make an effort, isn't it? She said, yes, do it. Uh, and uh, there's no point writing in a writing a book if I'm not able to uh, make something that uh, goes in the book, isn't it? So I had to try it out first of all. So that's how I, my journey began, especially getting in touch with these females, trying out their recipes, hmm. associating the memories I have about them and hmm. putting them in a sequence. There are so many other recipes basically which could have gone into the book, but for the sake of number of pages and um, the cost. So I couldn't uh, put everything in there. Like um, Marathwara has an influence of, uh, especially Jalna has an influence of all the Marwadi people out there because they, they mm. travel to Jalna for trade. Mm. Yeah. So um, it has an influence. The cuisine has, um, Marathwara cuisine has an influence there of uh, people traveling traveling there. So mm. like um, Batya, which is more like rodge or the dough balls which are made um, are typically made in our family and it has been adopted mm. from the Marwadi community in the town plus Aurangabad which is a Nizam's place again so mm. a lot of recipes non-vegetarian food which I could have not just not non-vegetarian vegetarian food as well which I mm. did not manage to explore much about there I need to spend some more time exploring it so those didn't go in the recipe book either uh, but hmm. yes, uh, trying putting it down there. But for a first-time author, it was a tricky job because yeah. I'm not a literature student either. So, uh, if a person who is not from Maharashtra, who is not from India, you know, completely unwise to Indian food or Maharashtrian food, if he asks you what is Marathwada and what is Marathwada cuisine, how will you explain it to him in just two lines? What will you tell? Well, I've had these kinds of experiences. Uh, every time especially at my work when I say um, uh, when I open my tiffin box they say oh what's in your tiffin box and uh, it sometimes happens to be some of my day or whatever and they say we haven't seen this we haven't heard about this um, yeah. this is completely different and is, 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 is that not a curry then and I have to explain it to them that uh, Indian cuisine is just not curry and there are different True. regions sub-regions mm -hmm. so there's a cuisine there there's a sub-cuisine there there's loads to explore. And to be fair, I, I sometimes feel bad that we do not know about the tribal people who live around mm. our country, isn't it? So there must be an effort made to find out what kind of food they eat. Their cuisine needs to be, uh, that needs to come into the limelight as well. So I tried and tell them that I belong to Maharashtra, which is a state in India, 
and there's a plateau mm. region in india which is in the interior of maharashtra and this is this mm. is where i belong and it's called as maratwada and my cuisine mm. is from that particular area this is how i explain it to them yeah <laughs> why maratwada cuisine is different than you know other maharashtrian cuisines what is different um as i said um the fr- the lack of fresh produce there at times okay mm. then the use of lentils more of lentils in d- different forms um mm. if you've heard of srpt in the book uh which mm. is a mix of lentils um and which is often it's a versatile spice and lentil blend which is used so often in different forms at times you can make uh, amte goranchi amte out of it the, the whole blend can be put into balls and um, put it into an, put into an amte it can also be used to thicken the gravy or uh, it can be used to just pep up something quickly by mixing in yogurt as well and doing a quick uh, fondue on it so uh, that's how it is different in terms of uh, using the quick way of cooking meal rather than you know uh, focusing on what is available in the market at the moment seasonal food and in the kitchen hap- that happening in the kitchen i don't think that happens to that extent even today you see uh, marathwada has been suffering from lack of rainfall drought after drought drought after drought and there's no water supply to many many places there even in jalna i have experienced we have to go without fresh water for about 14 days time there's no water yeah. in the house at times the females have to take karshi and badli and everything all the buckets they have in the house walk a distance fill the water and bring it back home thankfully our house has mm. got a bore well so we had a supply even though we didn't have the corporation water we still had a supply of water to wash our clothes and vessel and other things so i think the lack of water supply um the you the lack of fresh produce is what has changed i'm uh, not changed sorry uh, i'll say the right term will be uh, makes it different from the other cuisines of maharashtra yeah and that's yeah. how they have actually come up with their own way of cooking food this is actually helping me now in these times basically yeah. <laughs> yes so i have one question about your social media and you know because uh, just cooking and taking picture does not help you know you have to put it on social media people who, then they look at it they appreciate it and that is how you build a community which you have actually and there is a facebook group also that you moderate so how uh, social media has changed your life yeah i was i must say it has helped me quite a lot to get in touch first of all with so many out there who are working towards uh, this particular goal isn't it trying to ex- explore the cuisine in different forms and each one is unique to name a few if you don't mind um, i enjoy uh, going through sangeeta khanna's uh, page she does amazing work then we've got sai sai kurane khandekar and i adore what shruti tai does as well she is doing the live sessions with me now so shruti nargonkar yes shruti nargonkar and uh, homemakers a homemakers diary shantani if you're listening uh, she is one of my bengali friends i enjoy her page as well i'm just trying to recall a few but there are so many swapnil prabhu if you have mm. seen his work he's doing such amazing mm. stuff with maharashtrian cuisine saraswat marathi cuisine and uh, i think that's how we get motivated isn't it looking at each other's work and trying to find out how they're trying to do it so that's how i got motivated as well i mm. started uh, photographing whatever i cook but there was a difference uh, there as well um, 
I could put in any particular Marathwada food on social media, but would people understand that? It, hmm. it may be tricky, isn't it? So, for an example, if I had to cook uh, pitlo, tawa was a pitlo. Like, if I put down, I put a picture of a pitlo plated in a bowl. It may seem similar to what the other people are cooking as well, isn't it? Like pitlo in any form. But if I associate it with um, a story uh, mm. about females in the house who are waiting for the male um, people to finish their food, the kids to finish their food, and now they have sat down at the end of the afternoon to have their own meal, and there's no kalvan, which is the side to eat with bhakri mm. or um, bhat or anything. Now this is a time when they quickly churn up a pitlo on on a tawa which is already warm after cooking mm. uh, bhakri so that's mm. how i had to associate it a small story i had to build a story around it in terms of what i had experienced and put it in on social media so people can connect with it and understand what exactly it is so a simple tawa mm. and um, ulatna can also be beautiful to look at with the pitlo mm. on it so that's how i started putting the stories around it so that's how i do it I insta stalked you for many, many, many months before I actually started talking to you. I had all these questions written for you, but I have some more questions. Like you don't need, really need to think too much. You just have to quickly answer them. Don't take too much time. Thinking. You're rapid fire. Yeah. Oh my god. So the first and last recipe you tried from Ruchira. The very first and the very last. First one was sadavaran, and the last one was sutter pheni. Sadavaran was so tricky for me because whatever dal you get in the shops to cook it into the right consistency, and you don't have to worry about the uh, dal not, uh, I mean, dal being cooked properly, and so that you can mash it straight away. That was the trickiest hmm. job for me. Okay, okay. Second question: the toughest recipe from Ruchira that you cooked so far, or not just Ruchira in your life, the toughest recipe so far. Okay. And I think I would like to tell people to go back to your uh, Instagram handle and just see Sutarpeni and how you made it. And they'll understand what you're talking about. You know, it's really yeah. complicated. A must-try recipe from your, your book. Oh my God, that's a tricky one. They're all so sweet. I mean, they're honest recipes and everybody needs to. But uh, Radhika Mame's Guna Masala. Is she watching this? Live, I think she will she watch it tonight. She will watch it tonight, I guess. If she's managed to save, I hope we can. Uh, the next question is uh, if you want to invite somebody home for a meal, one dead person, uh, your inspiration, and one alive person, who would that be? Can we include two people who are not alive? Yeah, <laughs> Kamla Bayogle, definitely. And uh, my recent muse, Nala. If I mean, it's a mythological story, isn't it? Uh, Nala Damayanti. But yes, I'd like to invite him for a meal at home. <laughs> Living person, uh, I want to. In no, just not one again. Sorry, I, I'm changing all, all your uh, rules and regulations. I want to invite all my Ajis, both my Ajis, my uh, mother-in-law, everybody to try it out. And, you know, that will be my kind of a test to see how where I stand. I'm sure they'll be very proud, you know, to see you grow, you know, uh, as a person also and as a cook also. Uh, if Queen of England is invited at your place for a birthday party, her birthday was just last week. So what mm. will be the menu? Bapre. <laughs> um, if if she comes in like uh, without calling me up saying Preeti, I'm coming to your place, it'll definitely be pitla and bhakri. But no, if no, she gives proper give... invitation, then you've invited oh, yes, her. Okay, then I'll cook a proper um, Maharashtrian tart for her. 
to show how elaborate it can be from the left side to the right side to the center dabi bazu ujwi bazu mate kai all the fried stuff and the desserts and the reason why they are plated that way so this will be a complete uncurried plate for her you know somebody is asking why nala the king okay why did you mention his name so let's come back to that story after we finish if you are stranded on an island and if you are allowed to take only one ingredient with you what would that be coconut water okay that's good actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah like it and i think it's got the uh, uh, the capacity to keep you going on yeah. for some time yeah one spice you can't cook without Mm, turmeric turmeric yeah i use it even in my drinks uh, i need it because somehow um, i've connected with turmeric in my spice box and i think it it's healing you at the same time giving the taste as well isn't it hence i i can't do it without it yeah any other country's cuisine you find close to marathwada cuisine uh it's just not one country i find so many par- so many parallels in different cuisines uh, like our hatavachi shevaya or um, the different kinds of uh, fresh pasta we make are so much mm-hmm. similar to uh, italian cuisine then oh yeah the sugar craft i didn't have the opportunity to speak about it but we are totally unaware that we've got a huge um, treasure of sugar craft in our cuisine as well and mm-hmm. when i came here to uk i was definitely attracted to bakes and icing and other stuff uh, i loved baking i enjoyed um, decorating cakes as well i did a course in Wil- Wil- is it win wilton's course yeah i think wilton's uh, cake decorating course as well i came to know how sugar craft actually is so important i not in, in terms of importance i'll say it, but it is so enjoyed by people over here and i mm. when i started uh, going through ruchira then our pat pani uh, where i started exploring how our family actually makes those um, rukwata se sakre che bhandi sugar craft display uh, and uh, also while i was reading superchasa there's so much of uh, knowledge uh, in terms of uh, sugar craft in our kitchen itself which has never actually come to limelight as much i mean few people know about it because if they are interested in uh, food mm. and uh, the different things they will definitely know about it but not many people know about it like use of gum gum tragakan babriza dinko to mm. create uh, certain uh, sugar crafts was used mm. in the past which is not actually mm. and like people don't use that often these days so many parallels are there so favorite cuisine apart from maharashtrian assuming that maharashtrian yeah. bengali 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 I totally understand <laughs> any advice for people who just don't cook for any reason i'll say try and cook something because uh, i i found it really helpful because it was really frustrating when i couldn't feed myself i'll give one story this is after i got married and uh, rajesh went to office and uh, i was busy decking up the whole house I said okay if he comes for lunch today which he normally did at lunch time uh, I'll quickly make some poreya and churn up some bhaji quickly and then plate it for him for his lunch time and I was busy with my uh, decoration and other stuff in the house because I was newly married so I wanted to keep things nice and decked up but come lunch time I started kneading the dough I failed and it was frustrating for me that uh, as I said earlier as well let alone him but i need to feed myself it's a life skill isn't it to feed yourself to nourish yourself so 
so that's a basic mm. skill don't, don't explore into heavy stuff or don't be adventurous with other stuff just cook something basic comforting for yourself to nourish your body and if you enjoy that you may take it further yeah so uh, there are three questions okay which involve oh, wow. somebody you love i want you to think hard okay what will you not tolerate at all a husband who doesn't help in the kitchen or who doesn't help taking good pictures of your food uh, i will not tolerate yeah mm taking good pictures of my food i think because it doesn't matter if he, if he doesn't help at least i can cook something and put it on the plate yeah my husband doesn't but yes nowadays he's kind of interested now it is no i will say he's been interested uh, ever since i started taking pictures but uh, he prefers to keep his phone away he said okay ghal adi photo kadun ke mak khau apan click first and then we we'll eat second question is also quite similar what will you tolerate okay a husband who finds faults in your cooking or a husband who writes bad comments on your food uh finds faults in my cooking because that way i'll try and improve next time so he'll not find any issues with it okay this is my last question i think this is very tricky because i know you choose one of the two options uh, a date with your husband where he cooks an entire meal or an invitation of a feast from sai korane khandekar what will you choose if you have to choose just one oh my god <laughs> I have really thought hard. You put me in a fix there. Sorry, say no hard feelings. I'll choose Rajesh. <laughs> My husband. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely go for Sai's feast. <laughs> well, if Rajesh chooses to go for Sai's, definitely I'll follow him. Dev, she will be the first one. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Sai, I hope you're listening. So, shall we see if there are any comments and mm-hmm. questions? Um. I see the last question here, which says, "Can you suggest some steps to prepare thalipit?" Okay. In terms of thalipit, you basically need a bhajini, hmm. which is a mix of different lentils, and you even have uh, gahu in it, wheat uh, in it. Uh, but if you haven't got bhajini, you can actually make use of the flours in the house, mix them, and uh, make different kinds of thalipit. If you're unable to put the dough together. pliable to and pat it onto uh, a plastic sheet or any surface try the basic which my maushi nandu maushi has explained uh, you can even make it a really soft dough uh, use a wet cloth and pat it onto the cloth and uh, move the thalipit onto a hot tawa okay hmm. and then you create uh, the holes so that each of the holes acts as a kind of a an area which allows it to cook if there's no bhajani i think we use jwari at home yeah so that's you can also mix jwari and a mix of different flours is fine and mm. if you want to spice it up you can grate different vegetables like um, i use zucchini here uh, many times one can use even methi kanda onions and uh, coriander chopped or anything they wish even mix yeah. in dal yeah pre- previous night if you have a leftover dal use it up in thalipit it will be the most crispiest of thalipit you've ever eaten yeah uh coming back to that important question that we skipped actually uh nalo pakadarpan right let me just show you the book i've got it here so that's the book nalo pakadarpan so that has okay. been written uh, that's been edited by professor jayram yadav and it's by dr madhulika yeah and i also have this marathi nalo pakadarpan 
both of these books have been good references basically to find out about this mythological character nala and mm. uh, the plethora of recipes that he has mentioned in sanskrit and so nala is one of the characters uh, from our hindu mythology what i know of is uh, the fact that when pandavas went to exile that's when one of the rishis because pandavas went to exile they were really frustrated about the situation and since they were mourning one of the rishis said please don't mourn about your situation see what nala has done and he started narrating the story about nala nala and damayanti and how they how they separated and in spite of that nala traveled to a different kingdom uh, king rutuparna under king rutuparna and uh, he became his cook and the charioteer and he narrated the different recipes to him i basically started reading about nala bhojan kutuhulam and super shastra for a recent um, event that we were supposed to conduct unfortunately because of covid 19 we had to postpone it every year rajesh and i invite uh, our friends and their families and uh, we cook meal together initially it was just the two of us five years ago but now it has kind of increased the number has increased to such an extent that we have at least 90 to 100 people arriving at home and we mm. cook meal together the community cooking spirit is amazing when we do such events and mm. uh, whatever is cooked uh, people devote that food and uh, the, there's a fund that is raised that goes to a certain charity that year so okay. that's how i want and this year being our fifth year we wanted it to be a grand one and uh, mm-hmm. i thought we've done quite a few other topics like cooking uh, the tiffin recipes we enjoyed as kids and i had a, a theme where i when i finished cooking through ruchira i thought i might as well uh, as a tribute to kamla bai yogle the whole thali cooked through ruchira then we've had uh, pitla bhakri and bhat theme where mm-hmm. it was a farmer's meal and there's one more i forgot about it and this this was about uh, going back in history and uh, eating from history and hence i start looking i started looking for these books and uh, when i went to upper baron sok in pune spent about couple of days exploring and that's when i came across these books uh, nalapaka darpan bhojan kutuhulam and super shastra obviously uh, i knew about it uh, had a pdf downloaded uh, it's available in the archives if you search online uh, super shastra okay. is available and you will get an idea about the marathi cuisine in 1875s that's when basically mm. the females started reading about reading yeah. the, they, they broadened their horizon about reading isn't during that time so that's when they started coming out of the kitchen and uh, exploring and so this book was written then Okay. Uh, one question I saw here, Pooja, who is a very good friend of mine, who is a filmmaker, she has asked that when did you actually feel that you have connected with your food? You know, what was that moment for you? Uh, I'll say the moment. Uh, it wasn't one moment. It was probably mm-hmm. a kind of accumulation of different experiences when I started understanding food and understanding what went wrong over there or how I should have done it better and when it gave me that kind of a comforting feeling the happiness when you have cooked something you had imagined you know when actually when if you have to write a paragraph or if you have to draw something if you want to draw a circle you know that it should go this way but you end up creating either ellipses or different kind of circles it doesn't become a perfect circle right and that no. was the moment basically i'm just giving you as a metaphor that yes yeah. there'll be a recipe but perfecting mm. it is mm. uh, that feeling perfecting the feeling is what actually connects me and mm. i understand it much more better as to what goes wrong and i kind of evolve as the food evolves in my kitchen 
what's next what are you going to do now any other book anything else in your mind uh i kind of go back to uh, these books which i have been reading because every time i read i find something new because i miss out on some you know there are when you're reading such recipe books i don't know whether others feel so or not but uh, i find this a lot if you read between the lines as well there's something hidden in certain word which you, which takes you to a different uh, scene altogether especially like bhojan kutulam when you start reading bhojan kutulam if you had to ask yourself who wrote it um, mm-hmm. it was ragunath suri who wrote it down so mm-hmm. i tried to find out who this person is now so ragunath suri is a person who was um, in maharashtra with uh, samarth ramdas one fine day he, he gave up everything and he explored all around the country and he ended up in tanjore and uh, in tanjore he worked under ekoji i guess so uh, and dipamba was the pet patron then and she encouraged oh. him to translate these sanskrit books into prakrit marathi hmm. which was uh, that uh, which was prevalent that time because that was what people understood because sanskrit was beyond everybody's uh, reach that's when i started now what is prakrit marathi so i went hmm. back now from ragunath suri to find it out finding out about these sanjore kingdoms dipamba who again incidentally is a maharashtrian who belonged to vidarbha and uh, then moving on to the prakrit marathi finding about modi lipi this is how i kind of study read and find more about it and of course uh, for us on a spiritual basis i am reading um, purnavat prabodh as well by dr ramchandra parnerkar so it's, it's about absolutism so that's how i am doing actually loads of books i enjoy reading books thank you for joining me and it was really wonderful personally didn't know so much about maharashtrian and i hope everybody whoever watched this session you know maharashtrian or from any part of the world i think they really enjoyed our conversation thank so you amrita just... for including me into this i've enjoyed the chat with you you enjoyed quite a few paragraphs you said yesterday but uh, um, i particularly like uh, tais godadi making incident myself but i want to read about uh, our house in nidona my in-laws house in nidona uh, which my mother-in-law took me around once on a visit obviously the house is in it's not a proper house anymore you just have four walls there brick walls and everything is in shambles at the moment although it was in bricks and other stuff uh, as an explorer you will know how interesting it is to understand what this wall was for uh, to go inside behind the wall and feel the rooms and uh, what must have gone what must have happened in the past it was almost, almost like a fantasy world for me when she explained everything around the house so i want to mm-hmm. uh, read a bit about that particular house uh, yeah, yeah. i'm going to start mid- midway yeah right so this is uh, in the sections breads major okay. cooking activities were carried out in the available daylight while the evening breads were patted or rolled in the mellow illumination of the chimney a lamp made with a metal container holding fuel burned with a cotton wick or at times a kandil which is a lantern if the family had enough kerosene the kothigar or pantry was at the end of the kitchen usually pitch dark the floors were coated with cow dung i my mother in law spoke of visiting humongous kothya large metal containers that held grains and pulses to collect supplies every time she cooked if the sources for the day were not selected in advance or if she didn't have the time to light a chimney or a kandil the only way to identify the grains she needed was to feel them with her fingers because it was impossible to see anything in the darkness of kothigar can you imagine blindfolding yourself walking into your kitchen and uh, trying to feel uh, if you want to cook rice or <laughs> 
your turichita try and feel it with your fingers that that's what i'm trying to imagine she walking into the darkness there and this kotigar this was also where the barantin a new mother and her baby were encouraged to move to quiet and warm ideal for postnatal care after a period of a month or a quarter which allowed time for the new mother to regain strength and health and the baby was guarded against infections they could go back to the routine with the rest of the family after a visit to the temple they i also mentioned about an area that zate the traditional milling stone that was placed in an open area it was used to process grains into different stages of flour grinding the flour needed for the day was the first ritual for the ladies of the house each kind of a flat bread requires daran flour processed to a different granular size kani bharar rava sapit ranging from coarse to fine was needed for the variety of breads and the recipes that required flour for either binding or for the texture while the women toiled early in the morning they sang beautifully composed couplets or satyavarcha ovya expressing their emotions these verses mm. conveyed their thoughts on a variety of subjects they dealt with in their everyday lives and worked as a constructive distraction from all the hardships they faced i tried putting together some words for ov myself in english a couplet that i had actually created and i'll leave there as we grind lentils wheat and rice come let us listen to the melody that the milling stones device <laughs> that's wonderful and thank you so much i hope i will talk to you we will have many more sessions and we will actually talk about each topic that you mention you know in detail let's keep talking on instagram yes let's stay connected and thank you everyone for joining us